Welcome in everyone back to the Goodwill Podcasting. Alongside me as always, my co-host Dan and Stone. How are we doing, boys? Doing great after Sunday, man. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, how are you doing, Connor? How are you doing, man? I've been better. (laughs) And Connor's a Niners fan for anyone who doesn't know out there. He's going through it. Got to make sure you give Christian McCaffrey more, uh, you know, carries. Yeah, I don't know what Shanahan's play calling was in the third quarter. Yeah, what supposedly, you your, uh, supposedly your players didn't know how the uh, overtime rules worked uh, that well. So, yeah, very sad. Yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your overall takeaway from what went wrong, Connor? The play calling in the third is what killed us because I mean they were having trouble stopping the run that entire first half, and then we ran it three times in the third quarter. So I think that hurt. Losing Dre Greenlaw hurts because he was on the QB spy the entire game. Um, well, until he got hurt. And then just kind of the unfortunate bullshit that happened, like the punt that went off of our guy's ankle. I will say the one positive thing about the game, though, it's one of the best officiating games I've seen this entire season. Yeah, and that's what I was concerned about because, like, I mean, last year they just let a call, a call to side of the game. And I feel like that happens a lot of the times. Um where it, it at least feels like there's a, a leaning with the refs, but they, you kind of forgot they were there, which is good. And it was the penalties were even, so yeah, it's tough yeah. to be a Chiefs fan sometimes because you always get, oh, you know, they paid the rest, the rest helped out. There's that call, this call, and I, I texted my buddy right afterwards, and I was like, I'm really glad that they can't say that the refs won them the game. It was just like whoever made the least amount of mistakes, really, and. I mean, if you took the ball first in overtime, you actually could have, I don't know, maybe you guys could have won it. Or you took it second, my bad. But. Well, yeah, and back on what went wrong, on our third and fourth in overtime, no one blocked Chris Jones. Yes, all that. I genuinely think Chris Jones should have won MVP before Mahomes took it down the field yeah. in overtime. I thought he was the best player of the game because Mahomes didn't have that good of a game, to be honest. I thought it had been really cool, but that never happens. But well, yeah. I think the Niners won. It should have been Juwan Jennings, but everyone's saying Christian McCaffrey. No, it should have been Jennings. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, what do you guys think of the trailers we got in the Super Bowl? What's your favorite, Connor? I think they were scared to show Wolverine, but that was probably my favorite just because I'm so excited for Deadpool. I don't know how much footage they have, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they shot half the movie and then just finished it, so I think they took whatever they shot beforehand and kind of try to come up with a really good trailer and uh they did i think their purpose of that trailer was to show that deadpool still has its same taste as the first two entries like that it hasn't disney-fied at all so they showed some blood showed some violence showed some you know crude humor stuff like that i think that was more important to them rather than actually showing wolverine now do you think that they were only showing that and then that's going to be the darkest humor we see in deadpool though no, I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Um, that wouldn't surprise me, just given like some of what they've done recently, and given that it still is. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a very, very light R. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think they want to keep. You know, we already. It's just we've already seen all like they've already put all this stuff out there about like uh, Hugh Jackman in the yellow and blue suit and all that. Like they want that hype, so they've already done that. So like. Hiding him in the trailer just feels dumb because we've already seen it, so you're not really accomplishing anything. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't think, 
I think the movie will make a good amount of money and then it'll just kind of go back to business. I, I don't think it's going to fix anything. So um, it's just one movie, but it's kind of like the ultimate fan service fiesta. So if they, uh, they shouldn't change a thing if they really, I mean, as we know, they just care about money. And the first two entries did really well when it came to money. They both made like $850 million. So if they just keep it the same, especially with it being the only like superhero movie coming out right now, I mean, it's going to make at least 850. So they just should, just not touch it but like you said i don't know if they're necessarily going to do that uh i saw someone say that uh like the, they shot on location which is really different for marvel films but they still said the color grading like just makes it kind of look like it's on a set in an interesting way they showed clips of that one scene where uh, it's in front of the fox logo and it's just like everything looks kind of muted and speaking of trailers that's how i kind of felt about the wicked trailer like the wizard of oz from the 1940s just looks more vibrant and the wicked trailer even though there's colors everywhere i mean you're going to get that in a land like that in a world like that but it just looks muted like every there's just there's a filter over everything that it just doesn't look as good as it could yeah i mean everything has a very particular look now um i thought that was a good a decent trailer though um i guess that could be interesting i i thought the twisters trailer i don't really know about that and I, I love the original twister i just i'm not quite sure that was needed or why that's happening or it's how like a reboot yeah um it just seems strange to me it just feels like another one of those like um kind of nostalgia properties they want to go back to and just be like remember this like come see it you know even if it's not a good movie so i i don't know how i feel about that yeah i didn't realize twister had that big of a following for it to be able to get a second <laughs> yeah it's definitely a huge like cult um, I guess slightly bigger than cult, but like it definitely has a strong following, and it's a it's a really good movie. Um, but I just don't think this was necessary. I don't know. I think it's smart from like a business perspective because people are missing disaster movies. I mean, what was that one Moonfall that no one went and watched, kind of thing? So yeah. I think, and that was a while ago, and I feel like that's the last disaster movie we had. I think that maybe came out in the beginning of 2022. I'm not sure, but the fact that people are wanting movies like that, but then you don't necessarily know if they're going to go and watch it. So you slap a Twister's name on it and then you might have big bucks there, especially with a big star like Glenn Powell. I mean, anyone but you is doing really well at the box office right now. So he's doing really well for himself. Yeah, it just feels like safe, I guess. Yeah, um, very much so. But that's not surprising. Uh, Planet of the Apes is my favorite, by the way. Uh, Keenum. It's too long of a title, but that uh, I'm really excited for that movie. I've actually never seen a Planet of the Apes movie. Not even the I, old ones? I've seen clips of the old ones, but I haven't seen a single one all the way through. You can skip the Mark Wahlberg one. That was not good. I didn't know there was a Mark Wahlberg one. <laughs> yeah, that's a really bad movie. Who directed that? Didn't Tim Burton direct that? Maybe? I have no idea, but I can't stand Tim Burton. So yeah, Mark Wahlberg and Tim Burton. It's not a recipe for a kid to love it. No. It was Tim Burton, yeah. 2001. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. But uh, I have not watched the old Planet of the Apes films, but the new ones are really, really good. Matt Reeves, uh, direct, you know, the director of the Batman, he directed the two, the last two entries of those, Dawn and uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I think the 1968 one... Um, that's the one with Charlton Heston. That's worth watching. Um, that's a really good movie. If you want to go back and have the time, um, it's worthwhile. 
Any other thoughts on the how many there were? Yeah, no, it's a huge, huge franchise. Any other thoughts on any trailers we got? Let's see what we got. Day one, uh, Quiet Place. It looks good. Uh, yeah, I'm not a horror fan, but I've seen both the or the first Quiet Place, and I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, Dan's been singing it, singing its praises, but it's got the director of Pig attached to it. I know that. Also, the uh, the second one, I think Connor, I thought was better than the first one. Okay. Um. So definitely watch it. if you like the first one. I, I like the second one a little better. Um. I think this was a necessary change, though, because first and second one are kind of the same thing. It's like the same shtick. You know, you just got to be quiet. It's really quiet in the movie, you know, move what you can do. I do agree. Maybe the second one's a little bit better, but I'm glad that this was a very smart decision for the next entry in, like, the franchise. It's going to be a lot different. And I saw someone say that possibly Lupita Nyong'o does not talk in the trailer at all. So there might be a reason why she's still alive. Possibly she's mute. I don't know. But that's very, uh, uh, very interesting theory that I've seen about it. Yeah, and I think if if they did try to make another movie just kind of following that storyline or whatever, that wouldn't... I, I think, like, you're right. I don't think it would have been that effective because we've kind of seen it. Um, it'll be cool to kind of see it go back. I don't know if they're going to end it here or they'll try to follow this up with more, but I guess it might depend on... Box office. Yeah, so... Are you too excited for Monkey Man at all? Yeah. I was just thinking one of the trailers dropped. That one's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> when my wife saw it, she said it looked like John Wick met Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. I think what sets it apart, though, is there's so much culture, but like Indian culture behind it, that looks like. So I feel like it'd be just be more, rather than, you know, John Wick being interesting because of everything with the Continental and everything like that, the actual Indian culture is what will set this apart from that franchise and make it its own thing. And I'm really excited for that, especially Indian movies do really well at the box office really well better than any other country in the u.s i think besides obviously the united states but um yeah i think this could do really big at the box office really big yeah i mean all those bollywood action movies have like a very particular style so bringing that i mean i feel like making movies now it's so often like everything's kind of not everything's been made but it's really difficult to make something that feels unique so i like when you kind of take it might be a little bit of influence from something but you're bringing some kind of unique spin to it and i think that's what it's going to do um plus dev patel is great so um yeah i'm excited for that uh it's crazy this is a directorial debut usually actors do not have this big of a directorial debut and like this risk they do something more small i yeah. feel like but good on him because I, I saw somewhere that Maybe he was up for Bond or people were talking about Bond and I saw possibly that he rejected that and said, no, I've got something of my own that I want to do. And this was it. So good on him, man. Yeah, that's um, definitely commendable. And that's coming out. That's April, April 5th. Yeah, soon, soon, for sure. So that's that's exciting, too. What other trailers were there? The Fall Guy? Are we excited for the Fall Guy at all? Um, David Leach, Bullet Train. I kind of just feel like that'll be like a one-time watch, it's fine kind of movie. I'm not like particularly excited. I think there's enough talent acting-wise uh, for it to be good, but like I'm, I'm not particularly excited for it. Yeah, I like Ryan Gosling, so I'm kind of excited for it. It seems like a good role for him. Yeah, plus Emily Blunt is always good. Yeah. Man, how can you have, how can you uh, be John Krasinski though and not be a little worried that she's on screen with Ryan Gosling? <laughs> Uh, I'd be more uh, worried for Alicia Keys' husband. I mean, if we're talking about stuff like that. Yeah. 
Usher proposed to his like partner like right after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so that was wild. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought the, super, the halftime was all right. Everyone thought that Justin Bieber was going to come on stage. And it's funny, before that even became a rumor, I even told my wife, I was like, I think Justin Bieber would be a fine performer at the Super Bowl. I mean, he has the catalog to do it. I mean, yeah. and he's young and he's he can dance and stuff like that. I think he'd be really good. And then all of a sudden this rumor came around that, you know, actually didn't come true which is funny but uh i thought usher was it got way back or better in the second half but it was rough on the first half hey i'm just happy to see Lil john is still alive and well yeah i was worried about him yeah we even heard from him since he dropped you know song in what 2014 now for what <laughs> exactly yeah that was interesting i think uh they said like someone turned it miley cyrus i think turned down performing so they went to usher um, I mean, it just felt kind of like, I mean, he's obviously incredibly famous and was really relevant. It just feels kind of strange at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious if anyone else turned it down, but it was fine. I mean, I don't, I don't generally care that much about the halftime show, but it was, it was okay. Yeah. It is funny seeing like how different people's opinions are on it. They're like, some say it's the best that's ever been. And others are saying it's the worst that it's ever been. I mean, yeah, gonna... I mean that's how everyone's opinions always go on everything. I feel like. Yeah, I, my favorite by far was two years ago with Eminem, Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick, Mary J. Blige. That was good. Yeah, that's that was smart by them too. That was that was a good lineup. The funniest part is they told Snoop Dogg he couldn't smoke on stage or have any <laughs> gang affiliation on him. <laughs> that's not surprising. You guys want to get into our first uh, movie here? Yeah, so we're talking um, Any Given Sunday and Remember the Titans today. I messed up, didn't watch Any Given Sunday, and watched We Are Marshall instead. Let's start with uh, Remember the Titans, then. Yeah. I think all of America could benefit from watching this movie right now, or just, you know, in recent history. Yeah, and also maybe maybe um, you and Stone could talk a bit more about We Are Marshall, too. Connor, you can kind of weigh in more there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Remember the Titans, I think, if you asked 100 people on the street their favorite football movie, maybe 75% at least would say Remember the Titans. Um, and it really, I mean, it, it feels, it really sets itself apart, I think. Um, it's it's definitely the strongest. I think the, you know, I think a lot of it is the cast. I mean, the story is obviously strong, but um, what do you guys think kind of sets it apart from in people's minds? Speaking of Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Yeah. People Dude, forget that he's in this movie. <laughs> people, girls love him because he's hot. Guys remember him as a liability at cornerback. It's true. He can't cover a soul out there. Um, isn't it crazy to think that this was a Disney movie? I didn't realize just, that for the longest time. Yeah, nobody really like you know cares about films like this anymore, kind of thing. I grew up on this movie, man. This is why my dad and my brother and me. I think everyone just really enjoys this film. I haven't watched it in years. But I remember the scariest thing. I mean, just I watched it when I was four or five years old. Always closing my eye when Gary Pertier, you know, uh, gets in that accident. Yeah, I think I'd probably think life could get more sad than that. I think it probably could have been a little bit darker and heavier if it wasn't a Disney movie. True. Which I don't know. It was really, you know, I don't think that was really necessary. Um, but they, it could have been a very different movie. Um, but I, I think the tone, it doesn't feel hokey. Like it still feels heavy enough, I think. Um, but it was definitely a little bit Disney-fied. 
Yeah, we, we, me and Connor speaking about We Are Marshall, they have very similar feels. I feel like We Are Marshall is very much inspired by Remember the Titans. Even the soundtrack well, is very similar, which when we talk about any given Sunday, it's very different. <laughs> Remember the Titans was not inspired by any given Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to make that comment too was when we got to We Are Marshall, but it feels like they just stole Remember the Titans soundtrack entirely. Yeah, I think I think this movie kind of gave a blueprint for a lot of other stories and even stories outside of the world of football. Like I think it kind of gave a blueprint for a lot of movies like this, um, which, you know, kind of like I said earlier, like it's difficult to make anything without showing your influences a lot of the time. Um, but I think this definitely kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff that came after it. Um, it's hard for me to watch this movie. And like differentiate Ryan Hurst as Gary Bertier and then Opie from Sons of Anarchy, just because of how different he looks. Like they're two different characters in my head. What's Which he like in, in Sons? I've never watched it. Oh really? Um, I mean, obviously he's in a biker gang, and he seems like one of the softer ones in the biker gang. Like actually, like a good person outside of the rest of them. And then some shit happens, and he turns pretty dark. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen Sons, it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah, how many how many seasons is that? Seven, I think. Okay, so it's like a pretty substantial time crew, man. Yeah. Season three kind of sucks because it's just the same thing episode after episode. But if you can get through that, then the rest of it is fantastic. Okay. Um, Something that kind of keeps uh, Remember the Titans relevant. But people talk about, obviously, it's a relevant movie. Everyone, like you said, favorite football movie. A lot of people mention it. But uh, uh, a lot of somebody who's been in the news a lot just in the last few years is Ian, Suff- Ian Suppley, the guy who plays Louis Lastic, I think is his name in the film. The fact, the very large man in Remember the Titans, the fact that he like transformed his body uh, and looks completely different and kind of looks like a bodybuilder now is kind of cool. And then it always they always reference back to how he looked in the room of the Titans and now he's been in, I mean, he was in Babylon too. The guy still acts quite a bit as well. Well, yeah, I remember I saw him in the ranch and um, Channing Tatum's movie dog. And I didn't even realize it was him for the longest time. So I actually looked up the cast. He's in Dan's favorite movie, Wolf on wall, uh, Wolf of wall street too. So who does he play? Uh, I think he just plays, if I remember correctly, it's like when he, I watched Wolf of Wall Street in a second, but when he when he first gets his like little building and he starts you know coming up with a scheme, it's like one of the guys that work there. Not a very big part at all. Do you remember the scene where um, two of Jordan's friends beat up his gay butler? Vaguely, he's one of those two. Okay, got you. Yeah, and I feel like like another place the movie thrives is kind of like. Everyone feels really well cast. Like even even the you know every team member feels unique. I think sometimes in movies like this, you end up with like a lot of guys who feel like they're just kind of you know either just some kind of cliched like typical football players. Yeah, yeah, and they don't feel like unique people. Um, And I feel like you you kind of get to like know each of the guys, and they feel like a unique character. And I, you know, it's a little thing, but it makes a difference uh, for for me. Um, I will say that's one reason why I think that this movie is better than We Are Marshall when we talk about that eventually is the fact that there's really only one football player that's given a lot of highlight and it's more about the town and really what every like the whole team meant to the city but that's also I mean remember the Titans has that as well and I think it does a better it does a really good job balancing like 
like I said, having unique characters, both, you know, that aren't a part of football as well as being a part of football. But we are the Marshall. We are Marshall really only has one, um, which I forgot was played by Anthony Mackey, which was pretty cool to see. But, uh, but yeah, every, like you said, everyone seems very like their own type of character, not a, you know, typical football player. If you would think about them in your mind. Yeah. And I think one of the better and more impactful scenes of this entire movie is when it maybe 10 minutes, it shows all the players sitting down with one another at the beginning in camp trying to learn something about their teammate of the opposite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think there's an interesting dynamic here with um, like with Denzel's character with coach Boone. Like I think it almost feels a bit as the movie goes, like in green book with Don Shirley, like a lot of times. And I think because he was very good at something and because he was performing, like he was kind of, tolerated and it's like he was treated with like respect but it was always like very thinly veiled um and you could tell like underneath you still knew how people felt about him and i feel like as they were winning a lot of people kind of it's like that same aspect towards him it's like okay well you're coaching the team well we're the community is so invested in the team and like you're doing a good job um so we'll like tolerate you while you're doing that and i feel like it's kind of the same feel and then you see kind of some of that like you see a lot of like passive aggressiveness and um you know stuff underneath and i feel like it, it's do you does that make sense to you guys like um, but yeah I, I i like that sequence where um they're kind of getting to know getting to know each other and you see all the guys kind of handle that differently i think that's a good sequence it also just seems like, I mean, they seem like high schoolers, which I really like, and they, like, goof off and they have fun. I mean, like you said, everyone's very well cast in this movie. I think it's, like, it's, like, every, like, We Are Marshall, like, a lot of movies, like you said, try to, you know, replicate this in some way because it has humor, it has heart, it has engaging scenes, like, people can quote it. I mean, it's kind of just a perfect mixture of everything, plus it's a sports movie. Yeah. Um. And I feel like there's a pretty good, like, how do you guys feel about, um, and Will Patton's really good in this as the other coach, like Coach Chiost. How do you kind of feel about his character? Like, do you feel like he changes and develops, or um, do you feel like he's pretty stagnant, or how do you feel about his character in general? I like him. Um, I think my favorite speech in the movie is at the end, towards the end, when he gives the whole speech about make sure they remember the night they played the Titans. But I think one of his best scenes in the movie is when he has to cut ties with his uh, coach that's been with him for 15 years because he can't get over the fact that there's a black man coaching the team. Yeah, I think that really shows really well, like the like the difficulty of like managing personal relationships when you have just like core differences, like in terms of how you think about the world, like that's. A real thing and as you start to kind of change and grow your worldview like you just outgrow friends people in your life um i feel like that happens to everyone at some point and you're kind of like you know is this really and obviously that's a you know it's dealing with a professional setting but obviously that would have damaged their personal relationship as well um so i feel like that's an important thing because it's easy to just kind of like tolerate you know that one friend who just kind of says whatever and like you know it's just like at a certain point, you get to a point where it's like, that's not funny. Or, you know, what do you actually think about that? Um, 
So I think that was a good sequence as well. Well, yeah, and we see him in the beginning where he's, you know, considering just quitting coaching for a year when he finds out that he's losing his job to uh, Coach Boone. And then yeah. all this sequence leads up to him actually, you know, being under him for, I think it, the movie says, three more years after the events of this movie. Yeah. Um, I also think it was funny how, like, in real life, this team just absolutely steamrolled everyone like they they changed like a lot of the games to be a lot closer um for dramatic effect which i think is funny because in reality they just like literally trashed everyone so um but i think i think the football sequences themselves are, are pretty good here too um which i think sometimes is, can feel like an afterthought in football movies ironically but i think they did a good job with that too um and even like the you know their training camp and practices and like it all feels pretty genuine when did this take place in the 60s, correct? 70s. I think 70s. 70s, yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. It was still like that back then. That is wild. Uh, yeah. Um, not so long ago, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like it's, you know, this isn't Mississippi, like it's Virginia. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, that's not, none of this stuff is that ever that far away. Um, we're always, you know, one generation removed from pretty serious stuff so um it's interesting whenever i watch this movie i always kind of forget how long the training sequence is like it goes through i mean it starts at like 12 minutes into the movie and doesn't end till like 48 minutes into the movie which only leaves like an hour left i so, like that he's more realistic. Do, yeah but every time it just surprises me is how well the pacing is done for this movie because everything after that doesn't feel rushed, like them starting their season, winning, Gary getting hurt, them going on to the championship, and everything in between that. Yeah. I'd say it's a little um, bit different when watching any given Sunday. I mean, just any football movie in general is like, do you wait? It's like an action movie. You wait until the action scenes. Like, that's what you really want to see. And I feel like when it comes to sports movies, you want to see people out on the field. You want to see them out on the court, stuff like that. But like you said, they do such a good job, and they know what's important in this story, in the – I mean, they play, you know, song from the 70s, 80s, whatever, and they, like, you know, do a uh, montage of all the games. But that's not – even though you thought that's what you wanted when you started the movie, it's not as important. And you're, you're, you're waiting for them to get back to your conversation and get back to how are we going to resolve this issue after we just won this game kind of thing. So I, that's really incredible that they know what they wanted to focus on, and it really works. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Um I think some people, I was going to say, do you guys have any like criticisms? I think when it comes to critics at the time, it was more, it was some people kind of felt like it was too formulaic um, or just like predictable, but like, that's just like such a cynical way to look at this movie. Like if you really want to critique it in that way, I guess you can. But um, like you said, it's not just about, it's not just like a football movie. Like it's, it's telling another story. So uh I don't know. I think that's kind of a lazy criticism. But do you guys have any things you would change about it or dislike about it? I mean, that's how I feel like all sports movies go. I mean, that's why people watch them. That's why they're made, is they usually have a good story at the end of it. We Are Marshalls the same way, actually. We Are Marshalls, oh, we'll talk about it a little bit, but it, it means 
that's why these movies get made is because usually they have a good ending and that's why people like it it is really formulaic but what are you going to do change the source material kind of thing they did like you said they don't steamroll everyone if they really up to it it would not be as, as good of a movie but i feel like that's a very unfair criticism when it comes to stories like this because you you necessarily can't change it when it's based on a true story you know yeah well, one thing i yeah, heard about kind of what they changed is coach boone denzel's character was like actually just a true asshole and like apparently would like hit the kids like actually punch them and shit like truly just an asshole in life and that's why he left after like four years or something that's kind of wild. Yeah, I think they also like um, dramatized like some moments a bit more for the movie. Um, but like again, it's a movie. Like I don't know, you know, that's what you're gonna get. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I mean, I feel like this will, you know, never really get old, and people will always go back to it. Is this the football movie? Probably. It's got to be in the conversation. It's, was, it's, yeah, I mean, it's never going to not be in someone's top three, probably, or five. Um, it's definitely right at the top of the list for pretty much everyone. Um, any closing thoughts on this one? I need to rewatch it. Like I said, uh, this is a, I didn't, this is the only movie I didn't, uh, the three we're talking about, or the one I'm going to talk about. Uh, this is one of the movies I grew up with, and I feel like that's a lot of people. And you know, criticisms are probably there. Not that the story is formulaic. I don't think that's a valid criticism, but it's the fact that there is nostalgia a little bit at play. I feel like when you watch Remember the Titans, you're minded. I mean, it came out in 2000. It came out when all of us were younger. But the fact that you know, it's just a story that can be retold, especially in today's age. I mean, it's all about racism, right? And unfortunately, that has not gone away. So I feel like it's always relevant as well, especially, which is sad, but I mean, for a movie being 23 years old, I think that's pretty cool. And it's still effective in that, in that, uh, that teaching as well, I think. Yeah. Um, my last thoughts on it was, I, I think one of the reasons that this movie does work really well too, is like all their attention to detail and like the small scenes that are 10 seconds long that everyone would probably look over. But before their first game, Coach Boone's told at their first loss, he'll be fired. And so he to show his nerves, they show him throwing up prior to their first game. Uh, like I said, the conversation between Coach Yost and his friend that's been coaching with him for 10 years where they part ways. Uh, Gary kicking Ray off the team for not blocking. I think yeah. all the smaller details make this move, set this movie ahead of movies like We Are Marshall. Yeah, I think that's I think that's spot on. The dialogue feels really good and believable and real. It feels like real real people talking. Um, yeah, I was trying to think inter but really in terms of football movies like Stone, I think in answer to your question, like, yeah, this is this is the number one football movie. Like I mean, the other stuff we could have talked about, I guess, is like Rudy. Yeah, that's um, the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Which like you want to talk about formulaic, like I mean <laughs> just some of the most cliched shit of all time. I mean, it's a fine movie, but, um, you know, outside of that, like any given Sunday's up there, Friday night, Friday night lights would have been the other one. Any given Sunday like, uh, is not formulaic. I can tell you that. No, <laughs> I feel like the blind side would be there. If all this stuff didn't come out recently about Michael or Michael or really. fucking hating the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, wild. It was, it was there. Um, Very true. It's not, not aged well. 
Um, do you guys want to get into yeah. We Are Marshall next, since it's kind of like a good transition from this movie? Uh, has uh, Has Connor watched Any Given Sunday, though? I've seen the first, like, 20 minutes, but I was going to let you two take that, I and then like we'll get it is very, It is very similar, but I feel like maybe me and Dan should talk about Any Given Sunday, and then we should all end on a movie that we've all kind of seen. You know, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched We Are Marshall in a very, very long time. I don't have much to say. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, I want to hear what you think about Any Given Sunday, because I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, um... I think it's really interesting. I mean, Oliver Stone is really out there. Um, every movie he makes, um, he's kind of pushing some kind of boundary or, you know, playing really close to an edge. And that's what he likes to do. So um, that's what he did here. And I I like it a lot. Um, it's a very, stra- very strange movie. Um, I think it's almost a satire, like making fun of the mm. game and every movie about the game. Mm. Um, and I think through that, it uses that to kind of keep you entertained and keep you like locked into the story. But in reality, like it's talking about, like he tackles like, no pun intended, he tackles like an insane amount of stuff like about the game and the professional aspect of the game. Like he goes into everything. Like, you have, you know, um, with Dennis Quaid, you have an older player who's kind of getting towards the end. You see pressure from his family to keep going. He might not want to. You see his medical issues and, like, how injuries are affecting his actual life. You see him thinking about his future, um, but also weighing, like, the financial aspect of it. And, like, okay, can I get another paycheck? Like, you know, I want to do as much as I can for my family, but I also want to spend time with them. Um, Which I thought that just to chime in that scene with his wife was i feel like very weird that that scene is dumb as hell that's one of the yeah. worst moments in the movie like it was really bizarre that that that's yeah. one of the worst moments that i think okay. is like she's literally she's like hitting him in the face because he says he doesn't want to play anymore like just get yeah, yeah. basically it's at the end of the movie and he's like super injured and he's like hey i'm not gonna play next season like we're good on money we're good on everything like i, I just think it's time that she's she just slaps him it's like just quit with that shit. We're doing three more years. <laughs> very yeah. bizarre. And you haven't met this woman like in the entire movie. It's a very interesting and weird scene. Yeah, then he's just kind of like, damn. He doesn't even react. It's just very weird. Um, but still, you see that. Um, you see, you know, especially back then, um, the NFL has always had issues with uh, painkillers, um, guys being drugged up to play. Um you know, people will have serious injuries and they'll just kind of be given all kinds of stuff. I mean, this was an issue in every sport. This was a huge issue in, um, even in baseball, like the old Phillies teams in like the eighties, early nineties, those guys would basically came out and were like, yeah, every morning, essentially you're taking some kind of upper, like whether it be cocaine, whatever to, to get up and get ready for your day. Then at night you're using painkillers or something else as a sedative to go to sleep because you're in so much pain. Like they were like, we did that every day and football was no different. I think it was a huge issue. Um, And you end up with a lot of guys uh, just playing through injuries. They shouldn't be. You end up with guys with insane head injuries that end up leading to CTE. And then that has, you know, you saw a huge wave of guys taking their own lives and all kinds of stuff. So um, 
but they deal with kind of the way that these guys are just like not treated like people and just kind of like asked to get back out there. Um, with Cameron Diaz, you see the ownership side of it. Um, a second generation owner. I think that was interesting. Yeah. You know, she is invested in it, but isn't necessarily like always right in her approach or her attitude, but she does care. Um, she, she's good at a, as a businesswoman, but does not care about the team. I feel like she cared to an extent, but kind not at least not at the beginning. Like she was talking about like selling it or moving to LA or whatever. Like she was just looking for the biggest buck kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she cared enough to like invest herself and like have emotion about like what was happening. But I don't think she was always like very interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean, I don't think it was the best performance um, in general. Yeah. But, you know, still okay. Um, and then, you know, Jamie Foxx's arc as Willie Beeman, like, feels very realistic. Um, yeah, something, something that was interesting, though, was the uh, the storyline about his um, partner that he left. And then he meets up with her again at a party. Yeah. And that he's just like, will you call me? And she's like, yeah, I'll call you. And then that's it. And there's no resolution there. And I guess they get back together. I was very interesting because I thought that was a big part, maybe, of his story. And I guess it's more Al Pacino's story than anybody else's. Um, and you obviously get that by the end because there's like the credits are rolling and there's still like seven minutes of additional footage about him. Yeah, but, I, I think um, I think it's probably a scene they could have just taken out, like save the runtime um, yeah. in the bathroom with her. But I guess I maybe, that's, not, maybe that's just to show you like, you know, when he actually starts blowing up and playing well, like people like around him, like change their attitude towards him. And then that becomes like, you know, it's on him to figure out is that genuine or mm-hmm. should he even bother pursuing that when she, you know, uh, they didn't seem like a really good match for each other at all. And they both were like really cruel to each other when it, it went bad. So, um, like a random scene was when he was trying to hit on Cameron Diaz for three seconds. I was like, is this going to be a thing? And then it wasn't a thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Which reminded me right away that the fact that um, Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz were filming that movie for Netflix. And that's when Jamie, Jamie Foxx had his like weird health scare that like no one really knows about. Like what really happened. But now he's back and I don't know, just seeing them two together. Maybe think about that movie coming out eventually whenever that comes out. But yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that was just kind of show like, his ego at the time and just feeling like, you know, he could just get whoever he wanted basically. Um, that was, it was interesting, but I wish that was explored more like the concept where you're talking about, like was his partner actually willing to maybe get back with them or is she, has she just changed because he is way more successful now than when they broke up. That would yeah. be really interesting to explore, but then it's not, but yeah. And that's one of those things that was just like, there's there wasn't the movie's already long as hell like it's just yeah. there's no room for it they really didn't know where to end it i, I kind of like that there's like there's so much more that we wanted like it like connor there's more scenes that goes like 10 minutes into the credits like the credits are rolling and i'm still watching the movie it was great yeah um but at the end of the day i feel like it's just like a it's like a critique of the game start to finish i mean you have um uh you know the conversation with Pacino and Jamie Foxx when he comes over for dinner. Um, I mean, Ben Hur is playing in the background. Yeah. I mean, 
which I, I, I like that scene. It's really that was some hard. wild editing. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, the editing in the movie is insane. It's so, uh, oh my gosh. It, it looks like my whole thought, right, going into it, because when it came out in the 90s, good, it came out in 99. I was like, this whole movie looks like a 90s music video. And then there's literally like a 90s music video in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. JB Fox's character films like a music video for like a prescription company. <laughs> it's It's great. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, I like it. And you have you have like really good cameos. Like Lawrence Taylor has a pretty big role. Um, Jim Brown. Yeah, and it just feels pretty authentic. I think a few moments with I, I'm not a big I'm not the biggest Al Pacino fan um, in general, but I think he's good here. I think a few moments where he's kind of monologuing. We're talking about the game feel a little like it's someone who doesn't know about football talking about football. Mm. Uh, but I mean, again, for when it came out, it's, I think it was fine. Um, and he's an interesting character. I mean, and that's another, that's a whole other aspect of it that like, you know, a coach that's getting older, maybe struggling to like connect with his players, um, maybe struggling to like keep up with new philosophies of the game. Um, and kind of losing that, like I think that's a whole other cool like avenue that it explored. Um, how do you feel about his character in general? His character is very interesting because it's kind of like the same as Dennis Quaid. Like he's just dealing with the fact that he's getting older the entire time. And it would have been cool to see him reconnect with his family. He only like we don't. Really, I, I get why that he didn't reconnect with his family because you're not really showing them throughout the entire movie. Um, and he, you see him through pictures, and then he gets with like a prostitute or whoever she is. Which at first, first I didn't know that she was one, <laughs> and I was like, okay, Al Pacino's not that good looking. <laughs> like I was thinking of like maybe Andy Reid or Bill Belichick. I'm like, these coaches aren't that attractive. Like success, <laughs> only gets you so far. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then I don't know. I I really liked how his character was going. But then honestly, those the end credit stuff about him. Oh, I'm going to another team, and I'm taking the quarterback with me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I thought he was gonna like quit the game and you know focus on what's really important in life. And maybe he did that. But uh, I didn't necessarily like the ending for his character. To be honest. I I mean it's kind of humorous but um but yeah that's how i kind of felt about his character and connor i can't wait for you to watch this movie man yeah yeah it is yeah. a it is a movie it, uh, the first the top review on letterbox is this film is like a two and a half hour line of cocaine movie magic it is the two words to define this movie is fucking bonkers man <laughs> this movie is wild I'm excited to check it out. And I'm like, Dan, I am a bit of a Pacino fan. Yeah. And also, another thing I like about this movie is the NFL hated this movie. Like, the NFL was very against everything about this because I think it's pretty spot on in its portrayal of a lot of these things, which is great. Because, um, I mean, the NFL, I'm a football fan. I think the NFL is a, a pretty bad organization i think evil is a dramatic word but like it's not a good organization yeah. um but i'm that's a whole other conversation and they but, really uh, get into that too because something i really like like you said there's so many things that they're tackling in this movie and yeah i don't know if you like talked about this but the money aspect of it 
like how this was like commercials were becoming more of a thing and ESPN was becoming more of a thing. And like, this guy has to get this many yards and he gets a million dollars or he needs this many tackles to get a million dollars. I I can only imagine like how much of that goes on nowadays rather than back in 1999, how much of that was going on in the NFL. That was very interesting to me because there's there's two characters really like that. There's Shark and then also LL Cool J as well. And then also you have obviously everything that Cameron Diaz is doing and then she's, you know, what is Al Pacino going to do the right thing? Like, that's kind of his boss kind of thing. Are they going to let Shark play? Uh, even Dennis Quaid, it's, it's wild. Like you said, I'm not surprised at all the NFL did not like this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those incentives have caused, like, all kinds of issues in the past. Like, there's times when guys will just get sat for a lot of, taken out a lot, and it's like, you know the team doesn't want to end up paying them if they reach that incentive mark or... You know, on the bright side, there are times when you'll see like the ball get forced to someone or whatever, just to make sure they get whatever they need. Um, but yeah, it's a, it was another interesting aspect. I just like the the level of detail um, and the depth they were willing to go into um, the game. Uh, I also liked. I feel like the actual football, like it feels so violent. Like yeah, it's it, it's. The, I think a lot of the editing in the game sequences, sound design, yeah, the sound and the way it's edited, like feels so like just harsh and yeah. um, there's like animal noises edited in. <laughs> yeah, every time like you see a defender, Connor, there's like a lion. Like all the audio goes away and you just hear a lion. It's it's <laughs> the funniest thing, man. And like every hit that you hear feels like the hardest hit in the world, and the camera like goes like this like it's shaking it's like it's running with the player kind of thing or like it the camera's coming at you like it's just there's so much intensity it's like the crowd is shaking it yeah i can't um, tell if you guys want me to watch this movie or not it's no, a wild watch movie it. especially after watching remember the titans <laughs> we are marshall and then you watch any given sunday very different not a uh, cliche movie at all what did you rate this on what do you have this at letterbox on letterbox well, I haven't rated it yet. I, I still have a review on YouTube, right? Uh, for a movie I watched yesterday, uh, Locke, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to rate it, man. I probably maybe a four out of five, I would say. it's. I've never watched a movie like it. I'm sure there's tons of movies. I've been watching a lot of movies from the 90s, but I can't get over how the editing was in this. Like, there's a scene that I remember specifically where. I don't know, it was like after their first game and there's randomly just a picture or like a quick edit and you see planet Earth and then it goes and then it goes back to Miami. <laughs> it is in, insane. And like, there's this also, like they do this thing, I think like Angley's Hulk, I just saw someone talk about Angley's Hulks like this, where there's like a lot of different like frames happening at one time, like a lot of different scenes. And basically what happens, Connor, is like there's this huge, it's like a green screen. Like there's a scene happening in the background and there was this scene happening on, on on top of it, but all of a sudden the, the scene just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and gets smaller and it disappears. And then there's another scene going on in the background. Editing is crazy. Uh, there's so much, like I was talking about, you know, hiding it from um, uh, people at Planet Fitness when I watched this because there's nudity, which I was not expecting. Um I, I it's very much i told my wife like when i came home i was like this is just the nfl like i feel like they were just blatant and be like this shit happens and we're gonna show you know we don't care that 
how hard of a R it's going to go. Like, this is really what happens in this league kind of thing. And I was also find it funny how, uh, you know, obviously it's not the NFL where we have two movies that we're talking about based on true stories kind of thing. Uh, this is not based on a true story. <laughs> and I think it's very hilarious. The team uh, mascots that they choose to use, they can't really use any mascots associated with the nfl so they use like the knights and the sharks the crusaders i don't know stuff like that i thought that was very humorous as well yeah i gotta say those the knights jerseys are horrific those are the ugliest shits i've ever seen they're like orange with like a big red like line that comes up it's like a it's like a knight's templar kind of thing It, it looks horrendous um i also found it was confusing that their mascot was the shark but then they also called a player shark yeah. I was very confused by that. <laughs> also, uh, talking about players, one thing I want to mention, we mentioned him a little bit, but Dennis Quaid, uh, we talked to, like, I feel like people always talk about this, like Paul Rudd, and we were talking about, I, I think I remember, I was talking about Morgan Freeman, how he looks like he hasn't aged. Dennis Quaid, I feel like when he reached 25, he looked like he was 45. Like, and it's so, it's so funny, because I was like, why is Dennis Quaid in this movie? Like, he's, he looks, I, he probably was 39, which is how old he plays in this movie. But it's like, Dennis Quaid has always looked 45, and they're like, and he was perfectly cast in that uh in that for that reason because he plays an old washed up quarterback so which i yeah. thought was funny how jamie fox's character necessarily wasn't the second string quarterback he was the third, third string and they don't really talk about the second string ever he's, he's kind of, yeah he's just not important <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean all in all i just i really like this movie a lot um i'm glad you liked it and it's you know like this is it's an all-time great football movie. Um, I understand why some people hate it. Like, if, you know, I could see that. But um, if it's your thing, it's your thing, you know? Uh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like, I, I'm trying to remember stuff, like, that happened. I feel like it would be such a quotable movie, too, if I watched it, like, growing up. I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that I did not watch, watch this growing up. <laughs> but um, there's, like, this one moment where Cameron Diaz, like, Al Pacino's talking about how Cameron Diaz is like her father and him like used to drink beer and that's how he decided his contract and she like walks out of the room and she looks out the window and she goes beer and then like the, the, it just cuts after that but then like when I was talking about bonkers moments as in the uh the uh the edit of earth there's a scene I'm just watching it here my wife was sitting on the couch there's a scene at the end of the movie like the game right and some dude's eye pops <laughs> Eyeball gets ripped out, Connor. It's hilarious. They put in a little baggie. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah, so now I know not to watch this with my wife. She's got a weird thing with eyes. Yeah. Or just cover cover her eyes for that scene. It's so important. It's so funny because it's such an extreme thing to happen, but it's not important at all in the movie. That it's like, what's the most intense thing we can think of, dude? Some dude's eye gets popped out while he's playing. <laughs> this dude's just like, I'm an eye. They just put it, it in a little like baggie and they keep on going. It yep. sounds like that one game we all played on X or like any game system growing up, where it was the football game where you saw people's legs get broken or like you could rupture a testicle. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's cool that you watched. Uh, one thing I liked about the movie, Connor, you said you watched the first 20 minutes. One thing I do like, and I was thinking about this when I first started watching it, is that the first 20 minutes is just like a full fledged game. Like they just open it up and it lasts for a while. And you yeah. get to like, you get to see who Al Pacino is. You get to see who Cameron Diaz is. You get to see Dennis Quaid's situation, which I thought was interesting because Dennis Quaid gets hurt and they're like, you know, get up, get up. And they like really don't take it seriously at all. And he's like, ah, I'm a, like, I can't feel anything. And they're like, come on, get up. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was weird. 
but then uh then you get jamie fox and i think maybe ll cool j and shark wasn't given as much focus as they are later in the movie but i feel like it was a very good way to set up this is the style of how we're going to do this film this is how all the gaming sequences are going to go you're going to hear animals you're going to have interesting camera angles where i mean one one camera angle I thought was interesting was uh, just you know a stylistic choice was there after a game they're in the they're in the locker room and they take the camera and they're like it's like they're like spinning it and you see all these players and at first I thought that was Jamie Foxx's point of view and they were literally sp- like spinning Jamie Foxx's character but no they're just like doing the weirdest shit that they could with the camera which I thought was very interesting but yeah I do I do really like the the opening of the film I really do enjoy that a lot. Yeah, and they easily could have picked it up like right after that game and like started the movie there and just been like, this is what happened. But um, I'm glad they didn't because it it lets you into, you know, everything you talked about. And something you said, like we've been talking about the fact that it's not cliche, right? And it's not formulaic at all. I feel like it's very, they, you know, set that in stone because I feel like it would have been very easy because it's not based on a true story. So it would have been very easy for them to finish the film winning the playoffs and winning the Pantheon Cup is what they call it. Um, but they don't. They, like, finish it right before the playoffs. And yep. they're just like, oh, yeah, we lost in the playoffs. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was cool that they did. They went against Formula when it came to that. Yeah, I agree. Um, any closing thoughts, Stone? Or... Oh, boy. Um, I really enjoyed it um it was a good my two i mean i try to go to the gym as often as possible um if anybody's listening to this and not watching it um i'm really gigantic um but i've watched you people and i've watched any given sunday at uh the gym now for our podcast reasons and i enjoyed a whole lot more than uh uh you people i can tell you that i just couldn't believe what i was watching um i thought it was awesome uh crazy at times football scenes were great um there's a scene where they cut a car in half with like a chainsaw (laughs) connor there's so many insane moments in this movie that are just great they're fantastic through listening Um, to you guys talk about it i'm so confused on the order of these events you just got to figure it out for yourself i will say it keeps you very engaged like every scene has something and it'll keep you engaged and the editing keeps you engaged too. Um, so yeah, go watch it. Enjoy it. You'll, I think you'll like it. I had to guess. Yeah. I thought this was a, cause when we talked about it, I thought maybe it was about it. And like an actual true story. I was like very quickly. I was like, nah, not true. They're the sharks. Sharks yeah. didn't exist. Which that was like my, uh, what's it called? my house or whatever in college was the sharks. That was our mascot name. Um, could I quickly talk about, I feel like my, my movie came a year later and I feel like it's so related to this. Can I quickly talk about mine? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we're each going to give, or we're each kind of giving one recommendation or talking about a movie that we wanted to, um, solo. So I chose the replacements, which came in 2000, um, stars Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman, uh, and it's funny because this movie is even more kind of a satirical take on the game, but it also feels really heavily inspired. Um, like it feels a lot like any given Sunday in a way where um, it has that same kind of ridiculousness, a lot of the same kind of ridiculous editing, 
um, really big personalities and the characters. Um, if you watch these two movies back to back, you'll kind of see that. But have you have you guys seen the replacements? It's been a long time for me. Okay, so basically, Stone's story is, um, and it's based off the in 1987 there was an NFL strike, so that's kind of what this was based off of. So basically, you have all these um, like scab players coming in to fill positions from um, from the guys who are striking, uh, and this this team, it's the Washington Sentinels. They're all replacement players, so um, they're guys that were just kind of like working regular jobs. They might they played football before. Um, Keanu Reeves' character, Shane Falco, um, was a big college quarterback. Um, I think there was like a gambling scandal where he uh, like threw a game and he basically just kind of went away and he gets brought back. Gene Hackman is the coach. Um, this was one, this is one of Gene Hackman's last sports movies. Um, and he's really good. He's kind of an old school, uh, kind of like a Vince Lombardi type coach um and he's just really really good in it um and i just i i love this movie a lot the characters are there's a lot of hilarious characters um you know it definitely plays up the comedy but it's also a pretty good football movie like keanu did a ton of training as he always does a ton of training with like nfl quarterbacks um he worked a lot to make it believable um and i think i honestly think the football in this game might feel better than the football in any given Sunday. Um, and I think Keanu Reeves is a lot more believable as a quarterback in terms of how he moves, how it flows than Jamie Foxx was. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a really fun movie that is dumb and will make you laugh, but also will like hold your attention as a actual sports story. Um, and it's just a really good, just like redemption arc for Keanu Reeves' character. Um, you get really invested in him. It's one of my favorite performances from him ever, um, even though he's younger. Like I said, this was two thousand. Um, it's gonna be out a year after the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's just a really good, um, really good underdog story. Uh, kind of an uplifting movie, I feel like in general. So if anyone hasn't watched the Replacements, um, go do that. It's it's enjoyable. You'll like it, Stone. Dan, remind me, is this the movie where a guy like uses stickum and he can't get the ball off of his glove? Yeah, yeah he okay. basically puts the shit on his gloves and then he catches it and he like literally just like runs to the sideline with the ball because he's like he basically can't catch anything the whole the whole movie. Um there's a lot of like goofy characters like um they have like this British kicker who just like chain smokes cigarettes all the time and is like uh always trying to fight everyone. He's just like ridiculous. Um there's a lot of really unique guys. Uh, so yeah, check it out. It's fun. So as Gene, Gene Hackman, so with the strikes happening and everything, was he the coach of the team when it already started? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a player's CBA strike. It's on so. the players on strike. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is on Tubi for free, and you can also rent on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's two hours. Um, it's, it's fun. Nice. Well, next Super Bowl. I mean, I watched it before then, but <laughs> like I haven't yeah. watched any football movies all year, and then I watched. I mean, two is a lot. I think for me, I don't really watch football movies a whole lot, but but uh, it sounds good though. Yeah. So, do you think that the editing styles in both Any Given Sunday and 
this movie, do you think that they are because of the time that they were made or it adds into the satire of the movies themselves? Um, I, I think, think both. Probably both. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also I will say like the way this is shot and edited is way less ridiculous than what Oliver Stone was doing. Um, but it's still like, you know, kind of catches your eye and holds your attention in the same way. Um, just because it's not exactly conventional and the movie itself isn't really um, the most conventional, but it also like it deals a good bit with um, issues around the game as well, like kind of in a similar way to uh, any given Sunday. So do you like uh, any given Sunday better than this movie? Yes. Why? Yeah. It's, Why? it's a better movie. Okay. Like it's, it's better quality wise. Um, this is more of like not as big as a legit kind it's of thing. More of like a, a feel good, fun, like laugh, like comp, like movie. Um, where I see any given Sunday as like heavier and like better made, even though it's so bizarre. But this is more of just like a. This is something I've rewatched a ton. Um, I used to, I grew up watching with my family. Um, so yeah, it's it's much of it. It's much more. It's much easier easier watch but not a better movie it'd be very interesting if i grew up watching uh any given sunday with my dad and my brother <laughs> yeah that would be a busy movie um do you guys want to get into we are marshall okay yeah. kind of you want to talk about your yours first and then maybe we'll close with we are marshall underdogs yep 2024 right, so 2024 Oof. yeah Make sure you specify that dogs is with two G's because Snoop Dogg is the lead in this. I low, I low key tried to look up the film and I, I did not find it because of that particular reason. Yeah. Well, if you look at my review, the only thing I wrote is this movie feels like Antonio Brown wrote a script about his life. Because <laughs> nice. literally, it starts off with Snoop Dogg narrating. Showing this like amazing high school football player that like went to college and then went to the NFL. It was just super selfish. He won a Super Bowl, but then like everyone kind of blacklisted him. It shows like ESPN analysts arguing if he's a top five receiver of all time. Uh, then he basically just he gets arrested for reckless driving and has to do community service. So he goes and coaches this football team that hasn't won a game. They're just garbage i think they're like supposed to be around 12 in this it is one the amount of cussing in this really threw me for a loop i didn't expect that much like you hear little kids like calling snoop dogg a punk ass fucker <laughs> is it rated uh, r yeah okay. uh, i would say they, you only get uh if it's pg-13 you only get the f word one time so that would have been that would have been the one time if it was pg-13 <laughs> No, um, I think they tried to steal like the walkout scene from Remember the Titans for their championship game. Because like we just said, all sports movies have a happy ending, basically. Um, and they walk out of their tunnel to their championship game yelling, uh, punk ass, dumbass bitches. Nice. Is this set in like modern times? Yeah, it uh, I'm pretty sure it just takes place in 2024. Okay. Um, it sounds this is like the same guy who directed uh, that Uncle Drew movie I just saw. 
I never watched that, but that Kyrie like gag that actually became a film kind of thing. Yeah, also the director for uh, Drumline. Mm. And then one of the producers on it was Kenya Harris, who we just talked about last episode. Or Kenya Barris, not Harris. Okay. It looks like but, the would you like would you like recommend this, Connor? Like was it no, worth watching? Not at all. Okay. It's all it's <laughs> almost at a uh a good Rotten Tomato score of sixty, but it's at fifty nine. I gave it a two point one out of ten. How do you Wait. different you said you gave you gave it a two point one? Yeah. So how do you I'm I'm very curious, very off topic here. But when you rate films like that, what what uh causes you not to give it a two point two? Or a two. Yeah. It really depends movie to movie. Um because people, really people, people are funny, man, because they'll do like ninety nine out of a hundred thing. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've given movies like a nine point nine out of ten, but that's like one of the movies I gave a nine point nine out of ten was Life is Beautiful. Because I just won't give a movie a ten out of ten on first watch. Mm, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, uh, I think, is like an eight point seven for me. Yeah, I'm trying. Empire Strikes Back. Ten out of ten. Uh, first watch. No. First uh, watch was when I was like five years old. I didn't even know there was a rating system back then. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's any cracks in this rating system. No. I love Dan's dog making an appearance. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Do really you like write stuff down and then you like equate that into a rating or like how do you like what's your process yeah, I'll, like that? I'll take notes for a lot of movies I watch. like I didn't take notes for underdogs, but like one of my most recent more recent watches is uh two of the ones Space Odyssey. I was taking notes for that. Um just on my phone. And then I'll like think about the movie, go over it, like my notes. What's up? What was the rating? 10 out of 10. First watch, though? No, third watch. Yeah. All right, I'm just trying to see if you know I can fool you. All right. <laughs> so what is there anything like good takeaways from this movie, Connor, or is it all bad? How is Snoop Dogg's acting? It's all right. I think Snoop Dogg just plays himself in this, honestly. Like, I mean, he's smoking weed the whole time. And just nice. talks kind of how Snoop Dogg always talks. Um, I'd say one of the qualities that is good about this movie is George Lopez really plays like a good mentor figure in it. Um, okay, I always love George Lopez. I hope he gets like I'd love to see him in actual like a, an actual drama drama kind of film, like maybe like one that you know gets a lot of recognition, a lot of attention, kind of thing. I think he could do a really good job there. The only yeah. thing I think of him right now with like recent films is this and Blue Beetle. <laughs> Which he was the best part of that movie. Yeah, he was also the best part of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. 99 yeah. out of 100. Meg 2? Uh, yes, that, that could have used some more George Lopez. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but yes. No, no, I'm asking what you would rate that. Is that also 99 out of 100? Uh, First time watch. Uh, no, I actually gave it a two and a half out of five. I thought it was a fine one time watch, man. I love that movie. Which I love it, but I know that it's not. 
Yeah, those movies, though. I mean, there's a whole sequence where the kids get drunk at Snoop Dogg's place and are just peeing in his pool. How old are they? What did you say? How old are the kids? 12, I think. Okay. Well, Do they discourage that, or they're just like, LOL, funny. They just kind of laugh it off. I mean, like, the mom figure in this movie, like, yells at him a little bit, but... Oh, yeah, and then Snoop Dogg buys the whole team new jerseys, and they're now sponsored by Canes. Raising Canes? Yeah. Dude, I went to Raising Canes in New York City. God, this is so good. It's Raising Canes. Is so, I feel like, did we talk about this last episode? I don't know. <laughs> it, we should talk, brought about, up. We should talk about Meg 2 and Raising Canes every episode. It'd be a good time. Dan, have you had Raising Canes? I think we talked no. about it. I've never I had it. See, we did talk about it because I knew that yeah. Dan had rose kids. Yeah, because oh, I told you Kane's is overrated, but the sauce makes it so good. Mm, yeah, it's too greasy for my the chicken's too greasy, but once you dip it in that sauce and that grease like mixes with that sauce, and it's just one big, you know, you know, liquid on top of that chicken. You doing all right over there, Stone? <laughs> all right, it's good stuff, man. That's that's good. And that give you that piece of bread. Oh my gosh. There was some merch at NYC. Um, raising canes, and I was tempted. I gotta admit, I was pretty tempted. I was gonna get you guys something, but then I didn't. So I did get Dan something in New York City. Can't wait to get that. Yeah, I went to the uh, Harry Potter, uh, curse a cursed child, I think is what it's called, Broadway play. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Do you know anything about that story, Dan? I'm very curious. Um, not much. Is that is that after? His yeah, after? yeah, okay. It's about his kids, and yeah. uh, I think it's a very good. I mean, J.K. Rowling, not very good, but um, I think it's a very good standalone story, and it's basically the only thing they could have done with a standalone story that would have put people in the seats, and that could have really worked. Um, I don't want to spoil anything if you guys ever watch it, but it, it's a it's a good story. But um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to check it out. Think it'll ever get a movie or no? Uh. I mean, they're desperate for content right now. The thing is, like I said, I think it only works. Not really. Not really, because there's a lot of nostalgia bait in it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff from the old films in it kind of thing, even though it is a unique story. So I feel like if people would judge it, if it came out because of that reason. But when it comes to a play, they don't judge it because that's what you go there to kind of see kind of thing. That's kind of what hooks you. I mean, you watch Wicked because it's kind of Wizard of Oz. And it has references to Wizard of Oz in the original story. And you go, when you didn't watch the original Harry, it's original, but then it also, like, there's a lot of stuff from the old films kind of thing. Very interesting. Yeah, so I don't think a film would work. If they get desperate, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it, though. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a trailer we didn't bring up from the Super Bowl was the Wicked trailer. We talked about about it a little bit. Yeah, I said that it, it, uh, the colors look muted. Yeah, I also don't know how I feel about Ariana Grande in it. Uh, I, I do. I heard a story that Amanda Seyfried really, really practiced her singing because she was a Mamma Mia. Like she can sing. She cannot sing as good as Ariana Grande. Probably, obviously, Amanda Seyfried is not a pop singer. But I heard that she really, really practiced hard to try to get that role, and um, she lost it to Ariana, which I feel like was unfair because Ariana. The only reason why she was cast is because of her voice, not because of her acting. She doesn't act. Yeah. And her character is the movie. I mean, I know it's, you know, the Wicked Witch, but her character, because I just saw the Broadway play, and I know Dan has seen it. He didn't see it on Broadway, but I know he's watching it. Her character has so much life and is like literally the life of the movie. There's so many gags that she has. She's so funny constantly. She's, 
every time she's talking, it's a very wonder, wonderful performance. The, the actress who performed it on Broadway, but I just don't know if Ariana can land that. And I'm really interested to see how she does. And I saw someone talk about this, and I didn't even think about it, to be honest, but the fact that, you know, there's a whole conversation going around about how these musicals don't add any music into the trailers. And someone pointed out that the Wicked trailer did that. And it's only a minute long, so it's not a full-fledged trailer, I would say, as we know. Trying to get four-minute trailers, that's what we like. Um, but they have a little spit singing at the end. But I'd say it's a little bit different because when you hop on the name Wicked, and Wicked's been on Broadway for like 25 years, like people know, unlike maybe Mean Girls, unlike maybe even The Color Purple or even Wonka, like people know Wicked, this is going to be a musical kind of thing. So I thought that was a very interesting uh, thing that they pointed out that I just didn't even think about the fact that there was barely any music in it because, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of knows when it, it is in regards to this film. Yeah, also, it's like they're not going to, like, they don't want to spoil song. Like, they only get so many songs that are, like, naked musical special. Like, they don't want to, like, just put that shit in the trailer. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's kind of, a, like, a non-starter discussion. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, th I think it'll be probably solid, but I think Ariana Grande could be the weak point, probably. Yeah, I haven't watched her in too many things, either. I was going to say, has she acted in much since Victorious? She was in Harriet, correct? And oh, we're talking about Ariana. Ariana. I thought we were yeah. talking about Sorry. Uh, Ariana Grande, not really, that I can think of. Any uh, closing thoughts on underdogs, Connor? <laughs> um, avoid it if you can, unless you're really just trying to hit those 2024 watch numbers. Unless you're trying to do a football podcast. Yeah, or if you're just stoned and you want to watch Snoop Dogg on screen, I mean, it might be worth it then. If that's the case, just watch like. Darkie and Hutch or Training Day or Baby yeah. Boy or something. Speaking of watching Snoop Dogg Stone, did you guys ever watch Mac and Devin go to high school? No, but that's where the Young and Free song comes off of, right? Young and Free. I've watched that movie. You don't like the song? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, dude, I watched that movie like twice, I think, at a friend's house. It's so bad. Does not surprise me. Yeah, it's Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg starring, and it's just about smoking weed. So, do you guys want to get into um, We Are Marshall? Yeah. yeah, I guess this was my pick. I said that. Yeah, I guess this was my pick. Um, yeah, it's very interesting when we, you know, had this conversation about doing football films. I honestly, first one that came to my mind was Remember the Titans. I'm like, is there any other football films that I've watched that I would like to talk about? Because I haven't honestly watched Rudy. I know that might be surprising, especially, you know, being a movie person talking about football films right now. But then I looked them all up and I was like, you know what? I feel like We Are We Are Marshall does not get enough love. I feel like it's not watched a lot. It's very similar, as we said, to Remember the Titans. Um, but something that you catch up on, I think, because I haven't watched it probably since I was like 13 or 14 and I rewatched it for this, was the fact that the moral dilemma, you just don't think about it when you're a child and when you watch it. Because I think, uh, when did this movie come out? 20, 2007, I think. When I was six. So yes, I would have been like nine years old when I watched this. Um, is It's a very interesting predicament because how do you respect the victims of this crash? Like, do you, and I put that in my letterbox review, but like, do you stop the program? Like, is that what you do? Or do you think about the fact, what would they want? Like, would they love the sport of football? Should you continue football? Um, I was very, that's a very interesting conversation. 
and very unique because this really hasn't happened before in the sport of football. We are Marshall's story is very unique um, to the game and very tragic. So I thought that was very interesting. I wish they would have delved into that even more. I think it does uh, fall into the whole, remember the Titan stick a little bit too much. Uh, I think a way they could have narrowed it down a little bit is by not having as many characters in the film. It was cool to see Kate Mara. It was cool to see Ian McShane as well. I totally forgot. And Anthony Mackey. Um, I just think it was spread out a little bit too much. Um, I really liked um, the president of the school and his angle. Uh, uh, president Deadman. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Him going to actually NCA and trying to get the rule changed. So I think it would have been more... You do have to talk about, especially with the town and Marshall with what the size of the university is. I think it was very important at the same time to talk about, you know, a player's girlfriend and a player's father kind of thing. I mean, but I don't know. If you wanted to focus it about the town, then focus it about the town and don't necessarily talk about the players as much. But I think that probably would have been the wrong angle to approach it. So I wish they would have focused more on the dilemmas when it came to the, I don't know. I just think there's too many characters in the film for that moral dilemma to be really explored as much as it could have been um but i think matthew mcconaughey was perfectly cast um you have to have someone who is very likable especially when they're not an alumnus which is very interesting i mean i like the line where he's like man i just thought you guys could use some help and i just wanted to help you all out so i think he was perfectly cast for that sad i don't get to see matthew fox and a whole lot of stuff anymore i'm a big lost fan and i think he's a very good actor so um it's always nice to see him i think he always gives really good performance i mean i haven't seen him in too much which is i mean which is really sad i mean if you look at it he's only been like in this speed racer he's in world war z forgot about that i didn't know that yeah i know he's in speed racer but you don't really see him right he's like the dude in speed racer always has his helmet on yeah um it's funny you say that you like his acting so much because there's actually he was one of my critiques of this film that whole scene where they're in the tunnel and he like quits i it almost felt like he was overacting in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. He always, he's really good at looking sad. And I think... <laughs> like, the whole crying scene at the end was done well by him. Yeah, maybe he did overact that just a little bit. Like, he, yeah, he's good at looking sad. I mean, that, I mean Lost, is, there's a lot of depressing things in Lost. So I think he does a good job there. But um, I thought Anthony Mackie... Like, I think Anthony Mackie... I mean, he was young in this movie. I think he could have given even a better performance uh like I, if he was given more focus like i don't know like i said i just wish i think everything was kind of too far everywhere but i mean it is a good story um i like how they were very realistic with the fact that you know what was important to this school and to the city was just winning one game and it's crazy i was gonna maybe do you know i told you i was gonna eventually do a tiktok video about it and i will but talking about the fact how they kind of changed the game this un, you know this tragedy changed it in the fact with freshmen playing um, I think the year after this is when the NCAA allowed freshmen to play. Um, I looked that up after I watched the film. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, my wife watched it with me. She got really emotional with the uh, dude with the beer. Uh, that was that was very good. I think that was a very, I don't know if that really happened. Um, probably. I feel like it's too smart of an idea not to actually be true. The fact that he got beer for, I don't know if it was his brother um but i thought that was uh a really good prop like there's so much emotion in a case of beer i thought that was really genius um but yeah this is standard 
it's very cliche, but I feel like that moral dilemma is something that this movie had that no other sports movie can have. And I wish that was explored more. And I just think falling too much into the remember, remember the Titans kept it from doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know what's kind of funny about this movie is that first home game where they beat Xavier University. Two years later, Xavier University didn't have a football program anymore. And they haven't had one since. Oh, wow. Because that's that school is like 15 minutes from my house. That's like my college basketball team. But so I think that's a little funny on the representation of them here. <laughs> so they actually, this is insane. So they actually, do they win football? So are they in Division One? Yeah. So they actually won national championships? Yeah. That's wild because you can think about it. Marshall is not really relevant, really at all anymore. Obviously, the style of football team and everything but you like that. The same for uh, Notre Dame now. Oh, Notre Dame's still better than Marshall, I would say. I mean, yeah, they're better than Marshall, but they haven't really won anything big in twenty years. I don't know. I think it's it really determines on what conference you're on. You know, I mean, Notre Dame is independent, but at least they play big schools. I mean, Marshall is just they're just not at the level. Like they. I can see Notre Dame eventually winning a championship. I cannot see Marshall winning another championship for a long time. So that's insane that they were actually, and really cool, obviously, after this happened, that they were able to win championships not too long after it happened. It looks like 20 years after it happened. But Yeah, I think it's also a movie that, like, was really important to the school and the community itself. And, like, they really, I think, I mean, it's easy when you're making a movie that's going to profit off of a tragedy. It's easy for that to feel pretty bad. Um but I think the amount of, I mean, and, and the actual coach, um, what's his face? Jack, his name's Jack, right? Yeah, he's got a weird yeah, last Jack. name. Yeah, he was, he was a producer on the movie uh, and was like heavily involved and worked a lot with um, McConaughey in terms of like making sure they got everything right. So I think, you know, that authenticity um, and just handling stuff like this with care is important. But, you know, they did do that. Um, but I think I a lot think- of critics still had a problem with it. I think what also because this is such a a, a, tra- a a story that obviously you know it's perfect for a movie. It's kind of like the uh, the Von Eric brothers, right? It's like you, you kind of had to do it, but I think out of respect, the fact that they didn't make it to like forty years or even fifty years, almost forty years after it happened, I think that shows that they maybe surprisingly Hollywood knew how sensitive the subject was, and I think that's kind of cool that they did a phone in a movie maybe in like nineteen eighty two or something like that. You know? Yeah, like they're in a rush to make money off it. Right. Right. Yep. I'd agree. Kind of on that same beat, though, my buddy and I were talking about this last night, was how fast Hollywood jumped to making a movie in 2011 called 2012 about the world ending. I think well, that's, that just, was that's just smart business. I mean, that's not just their story. I mean, people thought it was, but that's just you smart get here this year. My wife is such a sucker for those movies. Those where the world movies roll Roland Emmerich, I think, is the guy who makes them. She loves like a uh the you like Jake Gyllenhaal Hall Day After Tomorrow. That's a solid yeah. one. Actually, that one actually isn't that bad. No, I mean there's some good disaster movies, but 2012 was just hilariously bad. Yeah. It's like uh it compares to like Fast Eight or Fast Nine where they're like driving cars and like on the snow and stuff like that. That was eight. Yeah. Well fuck, what about Fast Nine where they go with space? I haven't watched those movies. I don't know. I just I, from the trailer. I don't remember. I know. <laughs> Last Fast and Furious movie I watched was Fast Five. I think. I think I watched the end scene of Furious Seven just for Paul Walker. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Disaster movies are another genre 
like we're talking about football that like just feels it often feels so formulaic and just like played out um and unnecessary I'm, i feel like most of the time when they come out sounds like dan wants to do the next episode about that honestly no <laughs> it's mostly trash um but i guess have you watched lost no i never mm-hmm. watched lost. Okay, we were talking about Matthew Fox, and I'm a big fan of Lost. I've watched Lost a lot. So um, how do you – I mean, you haven't watched this movie in a long time. How did you – Matthew Fox, like the second main character, the other coach, how do you think his acting was? Um, I don't even remember it well enough to comment yeah. on, like, the performance. Um, yeah. Were you saying it was good or bad? Uh, Connor, Connor said he overdid it maybe in one aspect, but I just think – I think he's a solid actor. I mean, he's the lead of Lost, one of the most popular shows ever, and it's just crazy that he just doesn't – he basically has this in Speed Racer is what he was in. So it's just crazy that nobody really from that show acts too much anymore. I mean, that's just how these shows work, which is insane. Like I did that video talking about Game of Thrones. It's just how it works. Like you just kind of become that person and that's that's it. Um do you guys have any other movies you would like literally just want to mention as favorites or anything else memorable in terms of football or as we wrap up? So I would just say um, the Little Giants. Don't remember a whole much about a lot about it, but that was a movie I watched growing up. Uh, I thought that was a pretty fun movie. Um, very entertaining. But that was a the whole thing about that was a girl playing football, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I would also say Draft Day, the Kevin Costner movie is pretty good. That's uh in terms of like the actual logistics of like what goes on around a draft and the wheeling and dealing aspects like it's a movie that i think uh, some people kind of like laughed at but it's actually a pretty solid movie um and especially if you like kevin costner i like that movie a good bit dan i haven't seen it but you being an eagles fan i imagine you have how's the one with mark Wahlberg playing for the eagles is it invincible i think it's dumb i don't i i don't even like that movie um it's about vince papali who was like a Walk on like special teamer. No, he was just oh. like a special teams, like a, a gunner. So he would like oh, he do kickoff coverage. Okay, I was yeah, like, he's coverage and returning team. kicks. Okay, yeah. Um, he really ended up being like fairly inconsequential. I mean, it is a cool story, but you want to talk about formulaic bullshit? Like that movie is just very blah to me. Um, and I'm I'm a huge Eagles fan, so yeah, that's how I feel about Invincible. Have you guys ever watched the movie Radio? What was it? Radio? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was a movie I watched not as much as Facing the Giants. I don't remember too much about it, but that was one of the movies that I grew up watching. Radio is okay. I think it's, you know, it's solid. Um, And I I mean, that's just Cuba Gooding Jr., right? Yeah. Is he like a little bit, I can't remember, and I don't think this is offensive anyways, was he like a little bit special needs and that was like the story? Yeah, he has a disability. Okay. Um, yeah, and he starts playing, but that's that's a solid movie. Um, the longest yard. Oh, longest yeah. yeah. yard, old the old one and the new one. Um, I like both. Um, so there's a lot of bad football movies. I mean, Jerry Maguire. I just wouldn't call it a football movie, but I mean, if it was, that might would be one of the best. But it's, I don't know. That seems like an overblown classification. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> subplot of that movie. Have you watched Friday Night Lights? I know there's like a bunch of big fans of that film. A long time ago. I, I never watched the show. Um, 
think there's fans of the show. I don't know about the movie, but I know a lot. Yeah, of movies, movies big. Like it's it's an all time football movie for sure. Yeah. Um, I just haven't watched it in a long time. Did you guys watch uh, Concussion? I watched that like when it came out. Is that the movie with uh, Will Smith? Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was meh. Like, yeah, I I saw it in theaters, and that was the last time I watched it. Even I walked out at that point in my life, and I was like, that was all right. You walked out of the. Oh, okay. You walked out afterwards. I thought you walked yeah, out. Yeah. I was like, man, is that bad? <laughs> I don't know if I've honestly ever walked out of a movie in the theater. Um, I've the closest I came was, you don't mess with the Zohan. That movie was dog shit. Um, but yeah, I've never actually just left. I feel like if I'm starting the experience, I'll finish it. Um, and I also just tend I tend to not go to the theater to see things that I'm like, there's a chance I might really not like. But I think, um, I think the one I came closest on in recent memory was Black Adam. I liked Black Adam. I was really? one of the yeah, I thought I really love the characters that they used. Um, I love Hawkman, I love Dr. Fate, and I like Black Adam a lot. So, like, I was just happy to see them. And, and the movie was dumb as shit. Like, it's, it's literally completely, it's a waste. But I thought the action was fun enough, um, and it was ridiculous enough uh, that it was okay for me. But I, I honestly think Dr. Fate's, like, one of the coolest characters in any comic ever. Um, I thought Pierce Brosnan was really cool in that, so I wish he was well casted. He was well casted for sure. Yeah, um, did they waste him? Yeah, but Pierce Brosnan was a good pick for him. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I like I like that movie more than a lot of people do, um, but it's definitely stupid. Um, All right, so who's winning the Super Bowl next year, guys? Bengals, probably. What Joe, Joe Burrow coming back? It's the whole speculation because it's in Louisiana. So, like, and the last time Joe Burrow had a season-ending injury, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl the next year, so yeah. everyone's already speculating. I said who were, who's winning it. They didn't win that year, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I don't even want to put – I don't even want to put a take out there. It's too early. Are you guys firing your coach, Dan? you guys firing your coach? I know there's a lot of talks about that. I think he's going to stay. Um, which is a mistake, but that's just what they're going to do. So it's unfortunate. It was a good year, though, right? It was, it was a pretty good year. Yeah. Are you I mean, are you are you a Lions fan? What's what's okay? So we uh, so I <laughs> Let's clear it up. No, no, we can clear it up. Um, so me, my dad, and my brother actually went to the uh, NFL Hall of Fame probably six, seven years ago, and I remember. The thing is, is like it's tough. I mean, it's tough. Why is uh, Connor, who lives in Ohio, right? Yeah. Why is he a 49ers fan? You know, it's how long have you been a 49ers fan? Handful of years. Okay, so he started. What? Okay, so he started this year. Probably he started this year. But I can tell you how he became a Niners fan. Uh, but basically, we went there. I got a Lions jersey, and I I don't know why I had a weird obsession with the Saints. Did you guys have, have that growing up, like a weird obsession with like some random school in college? The Chargers? I, I was a Chargers fan like my entire childhood. Like they were like my FC team. I like the Seahawks because of their lime green jerseys when I was young. Same way. For some fucking reason, I was a big fan of the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they had a cool color and a cool logo kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so for a while I was obsessed with the Saints. So I was like, maybe I could switch my team to Saints. They're always pretty decent. But 
I went to this is probably like six seven years ago but I, went, I got a lion shirt i think i still have it but like four or five years ago i'm like they're never gonna be good and this is before dan campbell so that's when i switched over to the chiefs and i was born in kansas city so that's the whole uh stick that i tell people i was born there so at least at least i have something going for me but like i said i'm not a diehard fan i mean connor who's you know became a 49ers fan like two weeks ago probably knows more about you know football than i do i'm not you know diehard eagles fan like dan here but no i had a buddy who was really good at swimming in high school and he was looking at maybe to go into iowa for swimming and so we watched iowa games together i like george kittle and i followed him yeah you told us that yeah, i forgot about that oh. yeah speaking of which um where was your where was your buddy during the super bowl uh mr mr yeah. kittle injured he didn't do Walking. shit. he didn't do anything <laughs> Well, that's because he plays more of a tight end role than Kelsey does, and he was blocking for most of the game. Yeah, I feel like he has games where he just kind of goes away based on this, this like what they need of the scheme. Um, oh, yeah, dude. One week he'll have three yards with one reception. The next week he'll have 10 receptions for 150 yards. Like He's yeah. so inconsistent for fantasy purposes. Yeah, it's tough. He's, he's a great player, though. Um, I like him more than a lot of your guys, but... <laughs> Did you Doug see McCaffrey? Barking at Debo Samuel. What'd you say, Connor? McCaffrey's fine. Okay. Did you see uh Fletcher Cox calling yeah, so out Debo? He was a fucking loser. So um, I've said for like three years now I like Ayuk better than Debo. And I think he's better. He's a much better player. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. I like Debo, but he's not worth the money that we're paying him. That's not bad for your guy who literally like ran on the field and like tore his Achilles. Greenlaw. Greenlaw. Yeah. I wanted to cry. That was a bummer, man. What a bummer in the Super Bowl. Jeez. Life is wild. Shit like that happens. I need to go make food before my uh my meeting. So yeah. Gotta wrap it up here. Well, it's been a pleasure, boys. Any final closing thoughts? Um good year, good movies, watch. Uh yeah. Um, any given Sundance. <laughs> Yeah, go watch go watch any given Sunday. Right. Watch I mean, as many Oliver Stone movies as you can. He's an in- interesting guy. Even if I you watch JFK. Know. I heard JFK's a yeah. great movie. I haven't watched JFK. Yeah, for sure. Watch JFK. It's long, but like really necessary and does a good job, I think. So I think does Aaron Sorkin do the the did he write that film? I think Aaron Sorkin the same one who did Social Network, which is why I really like the social network. I believe. Oh no, he didn't. Oh, I'm completely wrong. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, Honestly, but that's... watch any of the movies we talked about today besides Underdogs. That's a good takeaway. I agree. That is a takeaway yeah. of the episode. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Catch you guys next time. And right. take it easy, boys. Yeah. Thank you all for checking out the podcast. Please remember to rate us five stars, share with your movie-loving friends, and always answer the Q&As down below.